0: Hi, welcome to the Gathering at Adell's Sermon of the Week. This message is by Pastor Jeff Hopkins. As you listen, we pray that you will be encouraged, empowered, and enriched. Thank you. God bless.
1: It says that, that Abraham believed and by faith it was credited, credited to him righteousness. It was not credited righteousness because he saw it happen at the end. Because he believed it at the start. It says that faith is the proof of what is not yet seen. So what is not yet seen will come into existence because of the faith. Before we just rush out of here, is there something where you're like, man, I just, I need some help right now because you're saying, I'm going to see him do it again, that he can move them out and again, but man, I'm really struggling with this relationship, with this fear, with this worry, this doubt, this coworker, this boss, this spouse, this kid, this church. This pastor, like I'm really struggling with all of these things. Let's just begin to say, God, by faith, by faith I believe it. If that's you, you, you don't have to raise your hand, we're not gonna surround you, but let's not just rush off to the next thing. Let's just take a moment to respond. If there, if there's an addiction in your life where you're like, man, I just, it's there every day. Just say by faith, by faith, he's going to move that mountain. I'm going to believe that he's going to do it because I've seen him do it once before and all I'm going to do is I'm going to say, I'm going to see him do it again. If it's your finances in your life, I just don't know how, Lord. There's no way that you can make it math work, not even with the new math. It still doesn't work out for me. By faith, it was credited to him as righteousness. So let's just begin to believe. You know what's going on. The Holy Spirit's speaking to you. I don't have to keep saying examples. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you. If if you've got nothing, then, then I want you to begin to pray for this man, Adam. Can you begin to just lift up this man, Adam. He's in our congregation. He's not here today. Can you just begin to lift him up and say, by faith, will will he have the faith? Will that be the evidence of all that he's hoped for? Even though he can't see it yet, give him the faith to see that. There's another man, James. Can you begin to pray for James? Don't, Don't pray for them if you've got something else for you too. Begin to pray for James that he would see the goodness of God. That that the firm foundation of his life would be the love of God. Can we just begin to pray for Dwayne and Jody? I don't think they're here yet. They just live right down the road. But they're in a season where they need to see God move. They've seen Him do it before. And all we're going to do is say, Father, we're going to see you do it again. Father, we just begin to pray for the people in this room. We begin to pray for Adam and James and uh, Dwayne and Jody. Father, we just lift them with. Father, we present them before you today. Father, may they just have the faith. Your word says even the faith of a mustard seed. Father, will you just purify that. Father, not, do, do not let the circumstances muddy their faith. Let them see you as pure and holy and righteous. And let them believe in you and the goodness. May just that Psalm 23:5, surely goodness and love will them follow them all the days of their life. Father, may they see you move in their lives and their finances and their relationships like they never have before. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters. I pray for myself right now. Father, may our firm foundation be built on your love. Father, we thank you for even the gift of faith to believe those things. Sometimes faith looks foolish. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, even if not, I'll never turn my back on him. Sometimes it doesn't work out the way we think it's going to work out, even when we do it in faith. We have two options. We can either become jaded with God Be frustrated with him, mad at him because he didn't answer us like we wanted them to, or we can say, in all situations, I want to be of those who believe. I mean, like, it might not work out the way I think it should. But at the end of the day, I want to be, man, at least I believed. At least I believed in something that he was going to intervene. And even if he doesn't, in the way that I think he should, I trust him that he is good, that his love endures forever, that surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Seems a little high, doesn't it? I'm not trying to like project anything on you guys, like I'm better than y'all or anything. There we go, that's an average height of a podium. Uh, You know, the... uh, It's kind of hard to explain who we are sometimes. People ask and we're like, man, so what are y'all? Who are y'all like? What what church are you like? And we're like, man, we, we just don't really know. We're just really just a gathering of people who love the Lord, who will pursue him wherever that leads or whatever that looks like. And we have people from all different backgrounds, all different denominations coming together. I think it's beautiful because in heaven it says it's going to be every language, nation, tribe, and tongue. And we're all going to be gathered together. And man, what better way to start than right now. And so you, you probably have noticed that we're not like some of the traditional churches. We, we are a hand-raising church. Uh, we do have a full band up here. And we, we are going to pursue the Father at all costs. Even if it's in opposition to the world. Even if it's in opposition to logic, we're going to be the ones that are just going to pursue him. And uh, we know we're not a church for everybody. We know that uh, this might even be your first time here, and you're like, yeah, you're not a church for me, but I'll just stick it out because now it's awkward. (laughs) (laughs) You know, can't leave now, but that's okay. We are the least offended people. We're not jealous for you guys. We love you guys, and we we want you to, to be here as long as the Lord has called you. But the day that he tells you to leave, Please let us pray a blessing over you and we'll help you out. Because we only want you here if the Lord's called you here. And so thank you guys for putting up with uh, mainly Brady and Amy and the rest of the staff. I know you love me and adore me, but thank you for putting up with those guys. Uh, We want to be a group of people that just love one another. We're truly like trying to build a community, a family. We want to be a people that can help each other mow, mow yards, clean up the yard. That can help fix cars. And uh, Curtis and Callie want to be the people that can babysit your kids whenever you need them to. So like, we just want to be we want to be a family. Like everybody pitches in. You know, like our our main thing is like we are not consumers. We're contributors. Like nobody comes here and just takes. We all come and contribute. And, and not everyone can do what. Kelly and, and Jonathan can do, and uh, you know, Seth and Brianna, like, we can't all do that. And, and you don't want me up here doing that. I can promise you that. So we just come together, and what, our, whatever our giftings are, and we come together for the edifying of the body. And so if you have gifts and talents and uh, callings on your life where you're like, man, we could really be a part of this, and, and I see that this is lacking in, uh, in the church right now, instead of just leaving to where a church that has that, and if you feel called here, say, hey, and then I would like to be the person that does that, you know, like this is what I can do. So uh, we, we were supposed to have a picnic today and uh, thankfully we canceled. It was... a. Uh not what I want to do. I want to have a picnic. You know, it's fun. I want to have burgers and play volleyball. But uh, we, we pushed it back because of the rain. So May the 7th, that's in two weeks, we'll have a big church picnic and we'll have lots of things and activities for you guys. Uh, the other thing that we got is it's called Brunch and Blooms. It's uh, uh, mother, the day before Mother's Day, and it's a time for moms of all types. Yeah, there you go. Adopted, spiritual, physical moms, a celebration of all mothers. And so uh, Amy Sandlin is, uh, has a heart and a vision for that. And so it's a come and go. She's going to provide a brunch for you guys. And it's a little bit of a work if you want to build your own bouquet, 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 whatever it is, but you get to build your own. And so we're encouraging moms to come bring, bring your kiddos and let them come and uh, get a bouquet of flowers and take that home and just fellowship with with moms and uh, it'll be a great time the last thing is uh we have a kids camp and a youth camp uh that that we're partnering with and so if you uh want to go to send your kids to kids camp there are forms out there they really kind of need to be in pretty quick so just make that decision uh if like you're like man we would love to but finances are kind of tight just don't let that be an option. Fill it out and come talk to me, and we'll take care of that. But Brie is back there. Our children's pastor is back in the nursery today. So if you have any questions, you can talk to her. Uh, for youth camp, uh, we're in the process of still just waiting on the Lord to provide a youth pastor. And so if you want to send your kid to youth camp, uh, I have one, maybe two that are going. And we have some, we have like maybe six or seven from this campus that are going, and they're going to partner with our Brock campus and go. So if that's what you want, please text me if you've already texted me three months ago, Clinton, text me again, and then I will respond this time, uh, and I'll get you a form that you can fill out. There you go. Man, my name's Jeff. If you guys are new here or not, I'm the pastor. Uh, They've allowed me to do that. My wife is the most beautiful woman in the room, so if you see, that's her, Uh, and we got two kids that are here, uh, and there's six more or seven more somewhere. Man, if you want to turn with me in the book of Romans, if you don't want to, that's fine. It'll be up here on the screens. So we're going to be reading Romans 1, 8 through 15. I'm out of the Christian standard Bible, so if the wording's a little bit different, that's actually really good. Because then it goes, you go, huh. I'm not sure about that one. Then you dig into your words, you dig into the Greek, and then you're like, okay, now we can figure this out. And it actually creates you uh, some study time. So uh, I'm in the CSB today, and it says, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because the news of your faith is being reported in all the world. God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in telling the good news about his son that I constantly mention you always asking in my prayers that if it is somehow in God's will, I may now at last succeed in coming to you. For I want very much to see you, so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you, that is, to be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. Now, I don't want to be, want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that I often planned to come to you, but it was prevented until now, in order that I might have a fruitful ministry among you, just as I have had among the rest of the Gentiles. I'm obligated both to Greeks and barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. So I'm eager to preach the gospel to you who are also in Rome. So, Father, we open up your word today with no agenda. Father, to just encounter you through your word, it is living, it is active. We open it up, Father, may you just teach us today. May your Holy Spirit teach us today. May the person... In the name of Jesus, be glorified in all that is said. In your name we pray. Amen. Today we're talking about the value and the purpose of biblical community and what that looks like. Even if you you start all the way back, Genesis 1, you you have the story of creation where God creates light and he says it is good. He creates the sky and the water and he says it is good. He creates land and he creates vegetation and plants and trees and he says... It is good. He, he, he puts the animals in the sea and the birds in the air, and he says it is good. He puts the beast of the field, the livestock, and all the animals of the land, and he says it is good. You know, he creates the sun, the stars, and the moon, so I'm out of order, but don't worry, I came back to it, right? So don't, you do want to go check that. That's not the correct order, but he creates the sun, the moon, and the stars, and he says it is good. He creates man, he says it is good. It says then, then then he puts him in the Garden of Eden, this most glorious place. You can't even imagine it. Four rivers coming out of it. Beautiful garden. And he puts man in the middle of it. And then he looks at man and he goes, it is not good for man to be alone. Do you know that that's the first thing that God said was not good. Everything else was good. The first thing was that he looked and he saw man and he said, that is not good for him to be alone. You see, there's value and there's purpose in community. We live in the most connected world possible. I mean, we, we can get across the world in less than 24 hours we we can be friends with people from all over the world never have met them. We we live in the most connected society and you would think man this is going to be so easy to form community. But yet we are the loneliest and most isolated group of people that's ever existed. Do you like even with there there's hundreds of and they make more every day of social media apps of ways to stay in contact with everybody. But yet, the estimate on the low end is that thirty percent of people are still isolated and lonely. The high end is like sixty percent, and this isn't just like me talking to you. This is like actual hospital facts and and talking uh, uh, surveys with doctors and what they what they're experiencing. Is that where where we could be friends with everybody, but yet we're lonely? Nowadays, you look at kids, it's, it's really strange. Uh, kids nowadays are like, do y'all remember, like you turned 16 and you went down to the DMV, got your driver's license, right? Like the day you turned 16. Kids now are like, mm, whatever. And you're like, what? You don't want your license? They're like, nah, no, nah, it's okay. And you're like, that meant like I got out of my parents' house. And thankfully, I'm telling this story. My, both of my parents are gone today. So that's great. Normally, they sit over there by my wife. <laughs> so there we go. Worked out. But like I can remember, like I could not wait to get my driver's license so I could get out of my house for at least a little bit. That did not include a bicycle, which kids don't even do that anymore. I don't know. It's really weird. Right. If I wanted to see my friends, it was a walk or a bicycle that got me there. And now they don't need to, they don't need their driver's license. I just I'm gonna talk to all my friends right here. You never even met that person. How can they be your friend? You never met them. But like, it's so fake. Our connectivity is so fragile and weak. Like we think, oh man, we are good friends. You're like, no, not really. Like, I mean, you know, now technology, like we're so connected, but you can just leave a message unread, right? It's like, oh, nope, just ignore that one. Sorry, Clinton. That's why I bring it up, right? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not perfect. You can just leave it unread. But can you imagine leaving a leaving a message unread in person? Somebody talks to you and you're just like, I, You can't do that. Uh, now you just you can just ignore people, you can just like ghost them. You know, you just whoop done. I'm gone. Can you imagine trying to like ghost your wife and realize like, oh man, did not take out the trash? Like you're sneaking around the house trying to hide, like. You can't do that. You can do that for a little bit, but not for a long time. But even though we're so connected, it's so fragile and weak. Because at at the the drop of the hat that, that somebody says something that we don't agree with, unfriend, block, or actually you can now just unfollow to where they don't even know. What? That's how... It used to take something to be unfriended back in, 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 the, back in the day as, as I was sharing with Joanna's dad. You know, he was sharing with me, like, back in the day, you couldn't just unfriend somebody. Like You had to come to blows, right? It had to be like something serious. Hey, we got to move. Got to get out of here. We're not friends anymore. Like, it was a big deal. Now it's just like, unfollow, which just really means we're not friends. I just don't have to see your stuff anymore. You know, like, what? And so we just live in this society that is so well-connected. But yet we want nothing to do with a lot of people. We, we want a gated community. I know, probably not here. We want gated community, tall privacy fences, keep people out. Or we want 30 to 50 acres to where, and I'll just put my house right in the middle so that nobody has to see me. I got a little amen out of there, right? That was a little too close to home. Right? It's like, I want all this land so I don't have to see anybody. And it's like, Man, <laughs> it would be nice. We, we've we taken it away from community and fa- family, and we've made it about the individual. I mean, I, I'm not this old, but probably some of y'all, Anna, will, will remember sitting around a radio with your family, listening to a program. And then, I mean man, Lord forbid, then came the TV and, and you could sit around with your family and watch TV. Now that's nearly impossible. But, but now we have these devices that are in every one of our hands. And instead of sitting around a radio with our family, so instead of sitting around a TV watching that or, or sitting around playing cards and games with your kids, now, now we all get our own devices and we all go to our own separate space and we get to watch what I want to watch. Milo and Evelyn are two uh, three-year-old twins. It's so funny because uh, they have to pick on the TV what they want to watch, and it, it could not be the most opposite. Evelyn, she's, yeah, they're, they're, they're a little over three. Evelyn is like Peppa Pig and like princess things, and Milo is like, I want Avengers and Shrek. You know, it's like, She's like, no, no Avenger. Yeah, you know, and they're just arguing back and forth. And it's, it's just, it's so hard for them to even think that they have to come to an agreement on what to watch. It's so complicated. And it's funny because uh, it, you got to take turns on who gets to pick. And so Evelyn, she'll say, uh, you know, it's like, all right, uh, we call her Eddie. I'm like, all right, Milo, it's Eddie's turn to pick. And uh, she'll say, uh, I want Peppa Pig. And then Milo, he's figured out, he goes, I want Peppa Pig and she's like, no, it's my turn, you know, and he agreed, and he's like, yeah, yeah, uh, Peppa Pig, turn that one on, we got that, and she's like, it's my turn to pick, it's like, babe, it's all, it's Peppa Pig, we're turning it on, like, don't worry, but he thinks just because he said it, then it's his turn to pick, but I mean, that that fight and argument as they're throwing yogurt everywhere because they're throwing fits, you know, that primarily my wife has to deal with, Uh, that, that you look at that, but you see that there's value and there's purpose in community where the world is continually trying to get us to be separated. Work longer hours, work the weekends, do this, do that, where there's value and purpose in coming together in biblical community. Uh, I think it should, if I have the the things right, uh, in Genesis chapter 11, there's a story uh, that we're all pretty familiar with. It should be up on the screen too. It says, uh, the whole earth had the same language and vocabulary. Vocabulary. As people migrated from the east, they found a valley in the land of Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let us make oven-fired bricks. They used brick for stone and asphalt for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the sky. Let us make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered throughout the earth. Then the Lord came down to look over the city and the tower that the humans were building. The Lord said, if they have begun to do this as one people, having all the same language, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let's go down there and confuse their language so that they will not understand one another's speech. So from there, the Lord scattered them throughout the earth and they stopped building the city. Therefore, it is called Babylon. For there, the Lord confused the language of the whole earth. And from there, the Lord scattered them throughout the earth. It's a story that we often don't think about of community. But they came together with one purpose, to build a tower that reached the sky. And the Lord looked down and goes, oh man, they might actually do this thing. And he says, if they are together, then nothing will be impossible for them. And he he scattered them, and he scattered language all over the earth. You see, there, there's power when people are unified together. And, and Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, it, it's uh, kind of coming off of uh, where Jesus was asking his disciples. You know, they they said, "Oh, some people say you're this, and some people say that." And Jesus says, "But who do you say that I am?" And Peter says, "You're you're you're Christ. You're the Messiah." And Jesus said, you're right, Peter. And he said, he said this and he goes, and I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. That, that in that moment, Jesus is telling Peter, he says, hey, if you work together and you build your church, build my church on this rock then not even the gates of hell would prevail against it. That is the purpose and the value of biblical community is that if we are standing together as the body of Christ, and I know there's a lot of denominations, a lot of fractures, even there's denominations within denominations, and there's those of us that say we're no denominations when really we're all of the denominations coming together, right? But the idea is that not, not only is the, if the body of Christ comes together, then the gates of hell will not prevail against it, but if this body right here, comes together, then the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That there is nothing that comes against us that will be able to stand against us. If we can just lay aside our desires and our expectations of what we think it should look like and act like and feel like, and then we could just go, man, look at that. Choose to not be offended at what kind of toilet paper we have or what kind of coffee we serve and go, huh? It's okay. That's not my cup of coffee, but I'll I'll bring my own or I'll suggest something different. I'm not just going to leave. You know, like if we just came together, then imagine what would happen if all of us came together. The gates of hell would not prevail against us. In Acts chapter (coughs) 2, verses 1 through 13, it's a little bit longer passage but it's the word of God so it's the purest thing that we have it's not even not even my words filtering it out this is just the word of God so here it goes it says when the day of Pentecost had arrived they were all together in one place suddenly a sound like that of a violent rushing wind came from heaven and it filled the whole house where they were staying they saw tongues like flames of fire that separated and rested on each one of them then they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different tongues as the Spirit enabled them now there were Jews staying in Jerusalem, devout people from every nation under heaven. When this sound occurred, a crowd came together and was confused because each one heard them speaking in his own language. They were astonished and amazed, saying, Look, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that each of them can hear us in our, hear them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, those who live in Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia... Those are two tough ones. You can read it up there. Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the magnificent acts of God in our own tongues. They were all astounded and perplexed, saying one to one another, what does this mean? But some of them sneered and said they're drunk, even though Peter goes on to say, no, they're not. But what's interesting is in Genesis chapter 11 at the Tower of Babel, that God... Scattered the people and the language, and at Pentecost, he brought everybody back together and he unified the language. Why? Because without that, we would not be able to accomplish what we need. If we're all trying to do our own things, if we all identify as all of those countries—some that we can pronounce, some that we can't, right—or that at least I can't, right? If we—if that is our identity. Then we'll never be able to accomplish it together. If I'm like, man, I am Southern Baptist. Well, you've just excluded millions of other Christians. But if we come together, go, man, I, I don't even know what I, I believe. Some of this, believe some of that. I'm not even sure of that. But, but I'm a son of God. And all I'm concerned about is what this says and being in community. Then that's all we need. We're so busy trying to identify as something and label ourselves as something when all we're supposed to be is just a follower of Christ. To walk together in unity. There's a story that goes, it's a, a 18, April 12th, 1831. There was a 74 soldiers of the British Army. They were the 60th Rifle Corps. Rifle Corps. They were walking across a bridge. It was called the Broughton Suspension Bridge. It was built five years before that. You don't really need to know any of that. There's no quiz at the end of this. Just setting the stage for it. But there were 74 soldiers, and they they started to march across this bridge. And it began to vibrate. And at some point, the the bridge collapsed. Some had made it to the other side. Forty of them fell into the river, thankfully, it was only two feet deep and uh, nobody was killed, but uh, 20 were severely injured. And what, what they noticed is that when the soldiers were in step with one another, that their frequency matched the natural frequency of the bridge and it caused it to collapse. So from that point on, it, the soldiers had to break step as they marched across bridge. The illustration is that when we are together in unity and in unison, when we walk step and step together, like bridges fall. Like that, that's the stuff that you're like, oh, you're making that up. No, Mythbusters. I, I was reading this later because I, I, I read that in a book and I was like, and then I, I was doing some more research. Mythbusters goes, okay, yeah, that's probably going to happen. In 2000, they opened up the London Millennium Bridge and uh, started like uh, filling up and people were walking across it and the same thing began to happen. It began to shake, and so uh, they they got it off, and the engineers that built it were like, hey, there there was really nothing wrong with it. It's okay. That, that's just, they closed it for a year, though, and they put uh, energy dissipating stuff underneath it so that no matter how many people were there, it would spread it out, And and what it's showing is that if we are Step in step with one another, even, even this little local body of like 120 of us, right? Counting kids, it's not that many, right? Even if there's 120 of us, step in step, there's nothing that can stop us. Anything that we put our hands to, we can do. There's value and there's purpose in biblical community. We're going to look at four things if you're taking notes to stir up one another, to pray for one another to strengthen one another and to encourage one another. Uh, Maybe to stir up one another is probably not the best way. I probably should have liked to... uh... Because sometimes, you know, you can get with somebody and you can start telling them... You know, what's happened in your life and how this person treated you, and you stir them up. I'm not talking about that. Like, I'm like spur on. There you go. So spur on one another for the Lord. That, that should probably be the better term. But we gather together in community, and there, there's value and there's purpose in it. Because in community is where we can spur one another on. In verse 8, it says, first, I thank, and this is Romans chapter 1 again. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because the news of your faith is, reporting, is being reported in all of the world. The news of their faith was being spread all throughout the world. Can you imagine what, what a community of people are doing? Can, think of all the communities, that even, even like the church communities that you know of. And, and like as the, the Asbury College is going through revival, and you're like, oh man, look at that. You know, it begins to spread. That, that's the same type of thing. And then it's popping up here and popping up there. And so what, what does that do? It, it, it stirs us up. Like, like we begin to hear what they're doing over there, and you're like, man, what, 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 am I, what, am I, what am I not? So you start digging into the Word. You start digging into worship, into prayer, and it begins to spur you on. When, when you get into a community of people, whether that's through a Bible study, uh, a house church, or just a group just getting together, it spurs you on because you get to hear about the testimonies in other people's lives, and you're like, that the Lord showed you that. Here's what the Lord's showing me. Or, hey, I need help with this. And you just begin to spur one another on. Community is so important because when you hear of another's faith and what the Lord is revealing to them, it begins to burn that fire in you even more. if you've ever been in a rut spiritually, you know that's me. You don't have to raise your hand, but but I will. Man, just been in a rut spiritually. and You're like, you're reading the Word, and you're like, man, that's just not. I don't know. Something's happened. It's not that good anymore. And you try it and you're like, nope. So then you give up on it and you're in a rut. And then you get around somebody and you're like, man, they, they begin to just speak life into you. You know, Curtis is really good at this. He loves the Lord, he's full of joy. And you get around Curtis and he begins to share what the Lord's doing and, and, and the journey that he's on and the, and the faith and the steps that he's taking. And you're like, dude, that's so good. It begins to burn that fire. You, you, you can you can have community with the Lord all by yourself on that thirty acres where no one else can see you or hear you all right but but there's something about being in community where you get to see it in somebody's somebody else's life. Because it's one thing to know it here, but to see it, And then you sing the song, so do it again. That's why it says that you're saved by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of your testimony. That's why your testimony is so valuable for you to share with others. Because they need to hear that. Because that testimony is what is going to spur them on. Where they've been dealing with the exact same thing and you had no clue. But they heard your testimony and they go, oh man, surely the Lord is going to do it again. We need to be in a community that is stirring our passion and our love for Jesus. Community is where the gospel is proclaimed because, see, the gospel is not just the power for salvation, but it's the power for sanctification. It's the power to save us and to sustain us. So when you get into a group of people and you're like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm saved, I'm good. No, no, no. You, the Lord has another step for you, another place, a deeper level that he wants for you. And sometimes that means that you have to get in front of people and be vulnerable with them. And they can say, "Hey, man, why, why are you talking like that? That's not the way. He, that's that's not what the Lord is." Are you getting to a group of community and they spur you on because you see how they they talk to their kids, how they talk to their wife, how they treat others, and you're like, "Oh, man, that's really cool. I, I need to do that. I need to be better about that." Community is important. There's value and there's purpose in it. We we come even in this. Uh, Connected society where we want to have church at home and by ourselves and just in our living room in our pajamas. That's great and that will work for some time. But at some point, you got to get around people. You got to see them, feel them, hear them, experience it, come together. Verse 9 or verse 10, Paul is saying, uh, God is my witness whom I serve with you in my spirit telling you the good news about his son that I constantly mention you always asking in my prayers. The the second one is the value and purpose of community is to pray for one another. You don't get that in your living room though, right? Someone else's cell phone going off. But I love how Paul says I'm constantly, I'll just wait because y'all are distracted. So am I. <laughs> You're good. I don't care. Uh, Paul goes, I, I'm constantly mentioning you in my prayers. There, there, there's four other times in, uh, in his letters to the churches, in Ephesians and Philippians and uh, Philemon and 1 Thessalonians. He, he talks about, man, I'm constantly mentioning you in my prayers. There is value and there's purpose in community because you begin to build people around you that are constantly mentioning you in their prayers. We, we got a, a prophetic word today from Amy uh, just kind of, A vision of the church and the people of the church and the vision was that it's like tall soldiers surrounding the property taller than the building shoulder to shoulder no gap in between and and she she I mean she knew we were talking about community because she got the text which by the way if you did not get the text about canceling the picnic or the email come find me and let's get the info and that way you can make sure and stay up to date but it's this picture of community where we stand together the value and the importance of community is that you begin to build around you people that are praying for you constantly. It's huge because you never know if you might be the only person that's praying for that person. You, you come into a community and it's like, man, I, I don't know if anyone else is praying for me, but I but, but I know I know Steve is praying for me. You see, there's value and there's purpose because what, what we begin to do is we begin to pray for one another. We begin to lift each other up. If prayer is not essential to your community, then it's just a social social gathering. <laughs> it's just a little country club meeting. Prayer is essential to biblical community. Jesus said, hey, my 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 father's house will be called the house of prayer. That, that's... He, he didn't say a whole lot about the church and what it was going to look like. I mean, you, you can go through all of, all of the Gospels. There's not a lot of words, a lot of phrases about the church. Right? The Bible does say, hey, to take care of widows and orphans. And Jesus says it, it will be a house of prayer. There's some other things. There ain't many more. That's how important prayer is. We have to get into a community of people that, that are going to pray for us and that are going to lift us up. Number three. To strengthen one another. It says, Paul says, I've longed to come to you. So I may impart to you some spiritual gifts so that I can strengthen you. You see, strengthen means to make stable, to place firmly, to turn resolutely in one direction. The, the picture is like the, the language was all about pictures. And so the picture of this word to strengthen means to form a support for something so that it doesn't totter. So so when you frame up a house, even even though it's all framed together and connected, before you get through, you put braces all around there. Those braces are symbolic of us coming around one another, helping each other up in times of need. Because sometimes the... the, uh, the structure doesn't know that it needs to be supported. But those braces are there no matter what. Sometimes people don't need know that they need to be supported. But we're there no matter what. Uh, I, I know I, I've, I've done a few buildings and uh, sometimes you think that those uh, little side braces aren't that important until the first little wind comes through. You know, and it's like, it had to have been like 40 miles an hour right here and like nothing here. But right where I built this, just down you're like, dang, all right, four walls, no big deal. I'll put it back up. But it's so important to have those braces, that support system. That's why community is so valuable. And you could be going, wow, why? why are we talking about community? Because there's value and there's purpose in it. The world wants you to get off by yourself. The enemy wants you to get off by yourself so that he can do what, to you what he wants to God is all about family and bringing people back together. So that's why we're talking about that. Why do you need community? Why does Jeff Hopkins need community? Because I need somebody there to support me. Because no matter how much I think that I can do it all on my own, I cannot. I can do it all on my own until I hit that point. And if there's not a support system there, if there's not people around me, then I will collapse. And I've got to get right back up again and do it all over again biblical community is where the people around you help strengthen you when you feel like you're about to collapse but the key is you have to let people in there, there's so many times that we live in that fake connectedness of like hey how's it going and you're like going great and it's like i just lied you know like and you just keep moving on and you know sometimes it's like you don't really want to know. And they're like, oh, okay. You know, And they move because you're right. They really didn't want to know. Right? They just want to say, hi, you're doing great, good. But, but you have to let people in. In order to be strengthened, you've got to let people in. There's, that, there's the, the, the picture in the Old Testament of Moses you know, in battle. And, and when his hands were raised, the, the Israelites were victorious. His arms got tired and he put them down and the enemy began to overwhelm them. So they came around him and they lifted up his arms and the Israelites were successful. And that's where we have to get to. We, We have to come to that point where we need people around us to strengthen us and encourage us, to support us. You cannot do it all on your own and you never were meant to do it all on your own. God looked at man alone and he said, it is not good for man to be alone. The fourth one is to encourage one another. To be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Is what it says in verse twelve. Paul says, "You know, I want to impart spiritual gifts to you. That is to be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. I, I, I don't care how how well you got it together. You need to be encouraged by another person." Paul, the apostle, wrote half of the New Testament, spread the gospel to all the places. Paul said, "I." I long to be with you so that I can be mutually encouraged by your faith. You're not too good, you're not too big, you're not too proud, you're not too spiritual to say, uh, I just can't be encouraged by them. Man, they don't really go deep enough for me. You ever heard that one? You've ever said that one? I just say a place that goes a little deeper. You know, I'm really looking for more meat. You think Paul was looking for more meat sometimes when he got around the first Christians? Yeah, probably was. But he was mutually encouraged by them. The, the, the Christian walk is all about humility, about getting lower, not considering yourself above others. Because even in the, even in the shallowness, there is still treasure. Like, I mean, that's why Jesus said, from the mouth of babes, right? Like He said, unless you become like a child. To get to that point where you think you're too good or too deep for anybody else to speak into your life, you, you've lost it. And the enemy has already won in your mind and you, you begin to withdraw from community. Here, here's what that same word to be encouraged, to, to be mutually encouraged by you. It's used a couple other times. And it says in Romans fifteen thirty two, it says, uh, may, may I be refreshed with you. And 2 Timothy 1, 4 says, may be filled with joy. So refreshed. And filled with joy is that same word to be encouraged. So community, there's value and there's importance and there's purpose in community because it's a place where we can be encouraged, where we can be refreshed, and where we can be filled with joy. Being in community can be overwhelming, though. can seem like such a commitment. Can seem like, oh man, I just can't. But oh, we're, we're so busy running ragged that if we would plug into a community, we would be refreshed and filled with joy and we would be encouraged. And maybe somebody would say, Hey, Jeff, you probably need to say no to a couple of things. Instead of running ragged, why don't you just sit here and be refreshed? Why don't you come around the table and have a meal with us? There's value and there's purpose in biblical community. Uh, Lisa, where do you want to come share? So, Lisa is, uh, her and pretty much all of her family now come to the gathering, uh, which Melody is very happy about. Uh, but, Lisa, I uh, want you to share about your ministry and
2: what you have. Yes. Um, for those of you who don't know me, it's nice to meet you all. Um, I have the awesome privilege of sharing about, um, will you do the other slide first, Julia? Is the only one. That's okay. That's okay. Um, I have, um, the Lord has put on my heart, a mama's ministry. So just a community, like Jeff is talking about. Um, God had started speaking to me about my need for community and how there's really a lack of community. of moms who are desiring to raise their children up in the Lord and want to strengthen one another because it's very easy to hop on social media and see other moms complaining about their toddler's tantrums and how they just can't wait till they go down for their nap or till bedtime so they can have a break. And that is not the biblical motherhood that we should be striving for. We are raising arrows for our warrior king and um, we don't have to be burnt out and um, tired with our kids, um, whatever stage they are. If you have teenagers or babies or even if your um, kids are grown, but you're still contending for them and still worrying for them and praying for them, um, we still have an important job. And so Quivers is a mama's ministry that um, is just an opportunity for us to come together and strengthen each other through different things. We had a play date um, last week and then, or the week before, and then I have a brunch, which is kind of because my sister Amy is also doing a brunch a couple weeks later. But um, I'm hosting a small brunch at my house um, for moms of any season, even if your kids are grown and you just want to be in community and be able to encourage younger moms um, who are walking through hard um, seasons with their kids um, to encourage one another that we have an important job to do as, as moms. So Um, This is a QR code for the brunch. If you want to scan it to come to the brunch, it will just tell you that um, it will give you opportunity to be there. And then I also have a little table with some postcard sized handouts that you can grab um, with a QR code on those for just our monthly email just what I'm doing with Quivers. Um, If we're getting together to go to a coffee date or if we're going to have a play date or maybe another brunch, I plan on over the summer doing some picnics and um, ice cream dates just for us to get together and be in community and encourage one another Um, because it's hard sometimes. And we are called to more than just sit around and say man this is tough but actually to strengthen each other and say hey this is what the word says and this is what the Lord says about motherhood and you're doing a really good job mom like you're doing a really good job and we need each other so
1: amen thank you I like I like how she said if you have can y'all hear me is that on okay she's like if you have toddlers or teens or grown What if you have all of those, you know, sorry. (laughs) We're kind of in all of those stages. (laughs) I think we're going to be there for a while. But, uh, you know, we we talk about the value and the uh, purpose of community. We we just want to, Mary Ann's going to share. Mary Ann does a Bible study on Friday. I'm not going to say all of that because then why would she come up? So I'll let her say that. Yeah. Well, no, ours is not really
0: a Bible study. <clears throat> Although we do some Bible study, uh, when uh, I first went to Jeff to see about doing a house church, uh, he gave me uh, some guidelines, and so we're trying to follow those. We uh, there, the, here's the interesting thing about where we are. I visited the uh, uh, the Martin's Bible uh, house church last week. And uh, it was way different. And it was, uh, as I meditated on the difference of the the two groups, I thought, God is so smart how he puts things together. Yeah. This was a group of young mothers and a few grandmothers, a couple of grandmothers or so. And they made a little (laughs) circle. Is there anybody here from that group? Because if you're going to talk... Uh, are you are you going to talk no, about it? No, not. Okay.
1: No mic for them.
0: They they made a little circle <laughs> out in the, in the floor, and I've thought for years that the children uh, <clears throat> ought to be part of the whole thing. <laughs> it was so neat. And six or eight little ones, little ones, and a bunch of toys, and they sat down and played, and they talked and we went on with the meeting and it worked. We heard one another, children didn't bother anybody. <laughs> yeah. Now, contrast, <clears throat> when I suggested, I think Glenel probably was the first one I asked if she would be interested, Did it, is that right? And, uh, and she brought somebody and some, somebody brought somebody else. Now, we are the opposite. We are this age. <laughs> there are no children. Uh, not that we've said no children, but it's just the way God's put it together. And the upshot of that is that people have come who needed deep interpersonal ministry.
1: Yeah.
0: And God did it. And so. We are preparing our hearts to be, and, and the people who, have, who, co- who constitute the core of this group are mature, the, I don't have to do anything. I can just sit there and watch it. They all can. If somebody has a problem, they do it. I mean, I can and I will, but they just function like they ought to. A mature believer ought, ought to be able to do. And I'm just sitting there watching. Oh, God, you put this together. This is amazing. And uh, and then the, the direction that Jeff gave me <coughs> suggested having communion. So every day, every week uh, at the end of our meeting, we take communion together. And uh, the elements, to me, y'all can comment. I think are more powerful and more, um, I I grasp them better than I ever have. It's just so, so meaningful. And I'm so grateful to, to have that time. And we can just stay around the table, take the elements, comment on them, however God leads. And we really feel the preciousness of the body and blood of Jesus. And it's very meaningful to us. It is to me. And I just. I,
1: yeah. I, so, when, rather, when does your not Bible study meet? <laughs> Friday. <laughs> Friday's at what time?
0: Ten, this, this is different. We're at 10 o'clock Friday morning.
1: Morning. That's important.
0: Uh, yeah. And I live in Mineral Wells. Yeah. Uh, and the interesting thing is that that uh, the people who came together, the first ones are all from Mineral Whales, but that does not limit anybody, so we, you're all welcome. Um, I'd almost, I won't say this out loud, but I'd almost rather miss this meeting than my i <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm glad you didn't
1: say that out loud. <laughs> See, When you don't humble yourself, the Lord allows others to. <laughs> no way. man, we love, love Marianne. And so we just want to want you guys to be aware of there, that we have lots of communities for you guys to plug into. Marianne has her group that meets Fridays at 10. Steve Henshaw. He's actually ministering with a family today, but they have a house church on Friday evenings. Curtis and Callie, who I don't give a mic to, but they're up here. Uh, they they lead uh, intercessory prayer on Friday nights at six, and then also they'll be starting back up on uh, Sunday mornings at eight thirty in the children's uh, building over there. So you, you have a way. Like I just want to tell you, like we th- we value community. These are ways to do it. You can also Tony is right here on the front row. Tony uh, goes to a men's breakfast Bible study on uh, Sunday mornings, and then community community wide prayer for Easter starting. When? Saturday at 8 o'clock. In the morning? By the Old Methodist, yes, okay. the Old Methodist Church, built by the Yeah. And it's, we've gotten an okay to do it the last Saturday of every month. Yeah, isn't that great? There's going to be worship afterward. It's all about giving God glory. Awesome. I mean, so, so we just have community for you guys to plug into. Any of the staff uh, are available at any moment for discipleship counseling, just are uh, a good, nice, ice cold. Dr. Pepper will do that. Brady and Amy, you'll have to have to have coffee if you uh, go with them, but I won't force you to have coffee with me. But uh, there's just lots of ways to plug in. Also, Brady and Amy, they're our associate pastors. They're serving in the kids today, but they're the Lord has blessed them with uh, the ability to just counsel individuals with their finances, and they, they're going to be leading a financial piece in uh, university coming up in the fall. But uh, if you just want more of a local, like a one-on-one with them, they would love to do that. So there's lots of ways to plug into community because it is valuable and it's important, and there's purpose to it. We're going to end with this because this is kind of how we apply it, is that what prevents us from entering into a community the the first thing that I thought like immediately like, when I asked myself this question because I've got to tell y'all what I thought. All right, the first one is shame. What what prevents me from entering into community? It's being ashamed of my finances, the way that what like whatever whatever I've got, my sin, all of that. Because do you remember when God said it is not good for man to be alone? He placed man there, gave him Eve. They partook of the fruit that they should not have, and then what caused them to hide it was not sin it was shame shame is what stole the community from with God away right like they were ashamed and they withdrew god never moved anywhere and so if there's something that you're like man i just can't like mm, i'm going to have to be real with these people there's no shame is the number one thing that will keep you out of community there's no shame there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Like, we we're, we're all been forgiven of so much. Busyness, I'll tell you, it's a commitment to, to be a part of a community. And busyness will be right there with you. And uh, I know, like, a lot of people get up and say, oh, sports are the worst things. And they take all of your time, uh, which they may and they may not. It depends on how you allow it to do. But, you know, but it's like, we don't do sports. No, no, no. My kids, no, we... We do piano and ballet and dance and basket weaving and pottery, but we don't do sports. We, we do FFA, but we don't do sports. Sports takes up too much time. It's, it's busyness. It's all of it. That, that, that is what will keep you out of community. It, you have to make community a priority or it just won't become one. You'll put everything else on top of it. We, we have a group that meets on Wednesday nights that, I mean, like that's, that's the priority. There's nothing else that comes in front of that you know because it's just as soon as we fall out of the habit then it's gone and so we we make it a priority to be there the other thing will be in insecurity comparison like you 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 see lisa up here and she's talking about how kids are and you're like man my kids ain't that you know like and, and it can be scary because you can compare yourself to the leaders or the other people in the in the community and you go no but don't let insecurity or don't let comparison, because we're all on the same journey. Some are just a little further along. The only way to get further along is to have someone that's already in front of you pull you up. The last one is offense towards others. Nothing nothing other than shame will get you out of community faster than offense. Somebody says something, somebody looks at you one way, they treat you one way, they say something to your kid, you get offended and you pull out of community. I mean, it's so easy now to get out of community. The coach says something to your kid, psh, done. We'll go, we'll go play for somebody else. The teacher says something, I'll pull them out, I'll do something else. I'll take them somewhere else. Like We, we get offended and we pull out of community at the drop of a hat. Like we're, we're, like it seems like we're ready for that at all times. I mean, like in our mind, the boss says one more thing to me, I'm out. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, not me, but y'all may have said that once or twice. You're right. One more thing. Say one more thing. I'm out. If if my wife criticizes me one more time, I'm out. Because we 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 allow offense to take the place of community. We we pull back and we just because we can justify our behavior with ourselves and we agree with ourselves a lot. But if we have to come face to face with it into a community where people go, actually, that that was kind of a jerk thing to do, but you know, you're like, okay. So Find out, is there a community that you can plug into? And if there's not, then ask the Lord, hey, what community do you want me to start for people? So, Father, we come before you today. We just submit your word. Man, Lord, you are so good to us. Father, I pray that we would value community, that we would value one another as much as you do. Father, I pray that you would just lead us and guide us as we pray about where to plug into, who to to meet with, who to minister to. Father, that that it would just be the right thing for us at that time. Father, just surround us with the people that are around us that are going to spur us on, that are going to pray for us, that are going to strengthen us and that are going to encourage us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, one easy way to plug into community is May the 7th picnic. Come ready to get beat at volleyball. All right, because I'm going to be there. All right, love you guys. Thank you guys so much. If you want to talk to anybody about camp, please come and find us. We'd love to.